1: Empire Hello and welcome to my podcast do me a favor subscribe to the John Com report wherever you get your podcast you watch watching on YouTube like button subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire media amp IRE It's always much appreciated especially after an ugly day like Sunday, 36-27 to loss to the Detroit Lions. I'll be joined in a minute by the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, also host on ESPN 630. Bram and I will be hosting a Therapy Tuesday on YouTube at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Join us there. You can ask some questions. You can get some comments that we'll read on the podcast. It'll be up for live streaming. So join us there, 7.30 p.m. Therapy Tuesday and vent to your heart's content. Hey, I, I didn't mean to rhyme, but there we go. That's the kind of day it was. Bram and I are going to get into all the ugliness of Sunday's game, why the defense was breaking down, or what happened on some plays, and why does it keep happening. And you know, maybe, you know what, the, the fact of the matter is, maybe this G, defense at best is average, and so maybe we all have to adjust our expectations. But having said that, I think you can expect them to play better than certainly better than today by definite definite um expectations I mean you you have to play better than today if this if you want this team to go anywhere um at all this season because the offense showed when it gets rolling it's a it's a difficult thing to stop and it's a it's an explosive offense when they get rolling but you got to give them some help on the other side of the ball and today that did not exist so, Bram and I will get into all that. A couple things to note before we get started. A couple injury situations. Center Chase Rouye was on crutches after the game. Believed that it was an ankle injury. Um, he had a, His right leg was in, a, it was in a big sleeve wrap just to kind of help with the circulation and all that. Keep it warm. But he left on crutches. If he has to miss any time, and obviously it didn't look good for him leaving, I don't know the extent of it. We'll find out more from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon. You can check back on ESPN.com later in the day or at Twitter on John John underscore Kime to get an update on what Rivera says or what the extent of Ruye's injury is. Assuming he has to miss at least a little bit of time, don't know that yet, but if he does, it is a blow to the offense. Now, it's one you can overcome, but the thing that you you can't understate with with Ruye, he's a very smart player. And in this offense, the center is responsible for the protections more so than the quarterback. So his input is a big part of what they do with the protections and so I think that's something to watch last year they felt well they had Tyler Larson to go in <clears throat> initially after Ruye Larson's still recovering from his ACL on, on IR and then you also have Wes Schweitzer who can go in there as well but he missed Sunday's game with a hamstring injury we'll see what he can do next week didn't really see him practice last week so that's going to be a fluid situation there. The other guy who left was defensive tackle Daniel Wise, also with an ankle injury. Don't know the extent of that. Well, again, we'll find out more on Monday afternoon from Rivera. That, too, would be a loss because of the depth that they keep losing at tackle. They went from having a very good situation with the depth of tackle over a year ago to then a big change the offseason. But losing two guys from that depth um, group is not good in the first two weeks. Uh, John Allen wasn't supposed to play as much as he did because he's coming off that because he did have a little bit of a groin issue, but he did play. Well, excuse me. He did play, played almost, I think it was like 85% of the snaps. That's a lot for a guy in his situation. They wanted to limit that, but they couldn't because of the injury too wise. Then also Casey Tuhill left the game with a concussion. Saw him after the game in the locker room, sitting in his locker, talking to some of his teammates. I don't know what to read into that because I've seen other guys who have done that before when they have a concussion but they still end up missing a game or two. So he'll be in the protocol all week and we'll know more about that on Friday. So check back for all this stuff. You can always read me on ESPN.com, you know, and you can check out on Twitter again, John underscore Kime, And you can listen to this podcast because that's where we'll have some of this information as well. Don't forget therapy Tuesday, 7 30 PM Eastern time on the empire media YouTube channel. Bram and I will be there talking for about 30 to 40 minutes talking about the game, looking at your comments, reading some of those comments, playing off some of those comments as far as topics that we would talk about and answering some of your questions. So join us there, 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, Empire Media. Thanks again. And now here's my conversation about an ugly day in Detroit with the voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bram, well, so in the press box, I think it was was after the game or at some point during it, I I made the comment that that was as ugly as a first half as I've seen this team play in a while. I know they played Dallas last year. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. But there was COVID. There were injuries. Yet there was no expectation of playing a whole lot better. What, what did you think? Yep. Next question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know what to make of it. I. I. I, I didn't see that coming. <clears throat> no. Like, it really. Was it was really bad. All three units. Yeah. Um, the special teams were bad. Sh- had shockingly bad plays mm-hmm. today. Um, you know, the offense was as if the offensive line was completely overwhelmed as if they hadn't watched Detroit play over their last, you know, whatever amount of games, like this is what they do. They bring a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous amount of heat. They bring it, they will do zero blitzes a lot. Like, so they couldn't have not been prepared for that. They had no running game whatsoever. Um, And then defensively, you know, frankly, like I didn't think they played Terrible, but they gave up really big plays at inopportune times that spiraled on them. And to look up and be down twenty-two to nothing to Detroit—no offense to the Lions—that's kind of unacceptable. So I I don't know Um, what happened.
1: Well, and I agree. The one thing that I noticed on when we were watching games like from last week, the Eagles game against the Lions, it's a it's a they they play tough and they play hard. So, Mm -hmm. but. I'm still – like, that doesn't excuse – like, you figured Detroit was going to be a very hard out regardless. If they won the game, it was going to be a hard win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I agree. But they were also missing guys. Like, I know Ron Rivera talked about, well, they are missing some guys in the D-line with the depth. Well, Detroit was – had – their all-pro center was out. Their pro-bowl left guard was out. Their right guard struggled last week. That's who they had in there, and so – you know, but they played well, and and defensively they're missing their top corner, and they still played well. And you know the problem the problem that I had too, Bram, with the with the front, there were like three or four times in the first half where they got burned by stunts. And I don't know, like in some of them, what I don't know is was this a plant? Was that a plant stunt by Detroit, or did the guy just loop inside because they see an opening? But there wasn't an, always an awareness of picking that guy up. There was. One time on a sack, Trey Turner turns to help, completely turns his back to the play, and goes and helps out Cosme, Will a stunt to the to that side? Whether it's a stunt or the guy saw an opening, that's where the sack comes. So there were several plays like that 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 hurt them. And defensively, it was the big plays, the special teams. Listen, the special teams had a chance to make a huge play, get a, get a stop, or get the ball down on the one, and they couldn't execute. They couldn't yeah. finish that one off on the free kick you have Wild Goose is in that gap and it's going to be a tough play because that's you know in that situation there's a lot of space but he ducks around the blocker and creates more of an opening he's trying to go around rather than going through and it's like it leaves a gap and like that stuff kept happening the defense was just on those big plays were a disaster so let's start with the defense I talk too much so let's start with the defense. what's your level of concern with them after these first two weeks and after Sunday in particular? Hi. we have given up over 800 yards. I guess that was an easy question.
0: Yeah. Hi. I mean, but I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, before the season started and I said, I feel way more comfortable with Carson Wentz in the offense yeah. than I do with the defense right now. Um, I just, I saw the way the preseason had played out and I went, this, this is, this is not good um, that they're just, they're not, they're not ready to go. And um, you know, this is, this is 800 plus yards in two weeks. Um, this is gashed by Jacksonville on the ground. This is a few mistakes away by Jacksonville from potentially losing. You know, this is um, again, massive big plays and breakdowns that hurt them. I do want to give the lions credit for a couple of calls that I thought that they did that were really well-timed and really well executed. Like the St. Brown run on that uh, first down play was a really well-executed tendency breaking, very good play that they ran. I want to give them credit for it. It still shouldn't be a 50 yard run, but it was (laughs) very good play. They had a they had an adjustment late that was really good. Like Washington ran David Mayo and what is a run-stopping defense on the field? And Goff saw it and audibled out of what was a clear run and then killed them up the seam on a place. I want to give the Lions a little bit of credit here. Like I largely think they have very good coordinators. Like I do Staley and Aaron Glenn, I think are very, very good coordinators. Go look at how many points you know Detroit is scoring and go look at their personnel and you're not going to sit there and tell me that that's like best offensive personnel. So they're able to score a lot of points and they were missing their entire interior offensive right. line. You know, I, so, I, you know, so I would just say I, I it's, it's not even really mixed at this point. This team could very easily be owing to because of the defense, not because of the offense, because of the defense and um, things got to change. you like, they, the heat they brought today was missed time. They were not able to get to them. They gave up too many big plays. There were blown assignments. And, um, you know, I, I think largely, like if things don't change and they typically do, things stabilize under this staff. So I expect that they will. Um, and I do think getting Cameron curl is going to be very helpful for them when that does happen. But now they're thin on the defensive line. They were already thin in the secondary and linebacker. This is teetering. So they got to be really careful here.
1: They do. And Cam Curl getting him back will help. But, you know, the other thing is that, for example, on the first, remember the first big play that led to a field goal it was the pass down the middle to St. Brown, wide open. So on that play, and this is what I'm, this is where, this stuff keeps seems to happen too much. And I know like you put stress on a defense, so you're going to test their rules, etc. So on that play, you have um, the one receiver um, uh, goes in motion, St. Juice goes with them and they so they end up almost like in almost in a stack formation on the right and then off the line um saint juice stays with his man and saint brown cuts the middle jackson is behind on the outside and goes with saint juice guy as well so he's open so somebody there messes up and all they would say is a blown coverage and i don't i don't even really care who messed up the point is though it was a mess up so On the motion, St. juice stays with his guy. So was it in man or did because the way they had, I I believe it was like a switch release. So they crossed at the release. Does that change the rules of the play, of the coverage? Regardless, it's a mess up. But that stuff happens. And it seems, you know, it just leads to those big plays. And that's something that we really didn't see. um, We need to see more improvement in that area. And even on like Swift's long run. That one wasn't a mental mess up as much as it was they just got blocked. And Detroit does a good job. Like they handled – and this is where I give them a lot of credit. Their offensive line coach must be very good – is very good as well because those guys were very prepared inside. And on one, that long one, the whole key of that defense, they want to funnel Swift back to the inside, and they did. But the tackles were blocked, and they couldn't get off their play. It was Allen and Payne. And that allowed the two other linemen to get out to Holcomb and then Percy Butler, who was on the other – who was – basically up in the box and that that's that was all they needed and so like you know i give him credit but like these guys still make some of those mistakes that hurt themselves yeah. and that's what i think is troubling
0: yeah you know on the on the swift plays like what i saw coming in was um he's very decisive he's very fast um and he's he's very good like i i think he is in a, as far as between the tackle runners go like he's top 10 runner. Like he's very, very good. He was marginalized too. He barely practiced all week, which probably showed in how many carries he actually got. Cause right. they put him on a pitch, got the third string running back came in and, and got a bunch of carries yeah. today. I think mar- largely cause they just couldn't lean on him too much, but I came coming in going, okay, with him, what has to happen is he has to hesitate. You have to make him hesitate. Like if he doesn't, he's gone. And um, on a couple of, and granted, he's a really good player on a couple of big plays. Um, he didn't. And the one you're talking about was extremely well blocked. Um, yeah. James Robinson gashed them too. They had almost seven yards carry Jacksonville mm-hmm. last week. seven yards carry. Good. You know, so no, it's not good. and and things have to change. And I don't know where it comes from. I do trust, you know. I know people are freaking out today, and they should. You know, they lost, and they got bad loss. You know, it was a bad it, it game. Was a bad loss. Day, I mean, they were getting routed, and yeah. you know, we'll get to the offense to try to figure out what in the world was going on in the first half with them, because that was that was that was the craziest thing of the yeah. day was how the offense literally could not move the ball a single play. I mean, that was outrageous what was going on. But defensively has been my concern, continues to be my concern, and is looking worse by the week, frankly. And considering what just happened in the last two weeks in the run game, I'm nervous about Philadelphia, and for really, really, really good reason. You know, this
1: coming week, I think you should. I think should be nervous about any team facing them right now because they haven't shown. They what they've shown is here's the other thing, Bram. Maybe they're just not. You know, I think last year, going into last year, we expected them to be a good defense. And coming off the year before, and again, some of that was built on playing certain quarterbacks, but they also did seem to be do a pretty good job as well. So, yeah, the stats were built off that, but they still played well defensively. And then last year, a lot of good quarterbacks, but they didn't play well. And, you know, what we expect them to play better, maybe they're just not all that great. And that's the concern, too, is, you know, I do think having said that, and I talked about this with Logan Paulson before, like it, it, they should be at least average, don't you think? I mean, oh, they no have doubt. the talent uh, to I mean, be at no least doubt. average. Yeah. And that's that's a troubling thing is like, why aren't they? And, and I do think there's part of me that just says, maybe they're not going to be that good, at least as far as like a certain level, but they should at least be middle of the pack. And they're not there.
0: I agree. Well, I mean, I look at the personnel that the Lions have, and I go, I love the way they play, but the oh, personnel but the personnel reads to me like they're going to have a hard time being top half defense just cuz of who they have. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate what they do and I know why they do it. They do it because it's their only they can't play anybody straight up. Like they've got to do zero blitzes and they've got to bring heat and they've got to try to cause a little bit of mayhem and they know they're going to be over aggressive and get caught and they know they're going to give up points but they want to get into they want to get into a track race with people and they feel like that's the only way they're going to win because they can't line up with anybody straight up. This team is built to line up with people straight up. Look at their defensive line. I mean, they should, when chase young comes back too, they should be able to do that. And they can't right now. I mean, they, they literally can't right now. And so it is very worrisome. Um, Again, I'll go back to like, this is the third year now early in the season. Things are problematic for this team. It's first two years. It's happened again. And then something happens that kind of steals them in the middle of the year and things will change. So I believe they'll adjust, but there's clearly some adjustments that need to be made. Adjustment one last week was they lit a fire under Jamin Davis. Um, I don't think it is a coincidence that he had a sack and a very nice coverage play early in the game. And I think that they knew going in that he was going to play a pivotal role because Swift was the guy that they had to stop. And so I think you're going to hear a little bit more of this. They are of the opinion now that they're not going to coddle anybody anymore. This is a do your job situation. The jobs were not done. Be very interested to hear what Ron Rivera says tomorrow when he does his press conference to hear how he kind of characterizes it. Because I want to be fair to him, I haven't watched it back either yet. And I want to hear what he has to say tomorrow about it.
1: And, you know, it's funny because Jamin, like, they did open in like a 5 1 set. So he wasn't yeah. even on the field. And then Mayo was playing early, some as well. So they were, he was rotating out more he had the week before. with that. Some of that is packages, whatever. But, you know, it was a good stunt that he ran, the, you know, the nice nice game that they ran on um, that to get him free. Um, The other thing, Bram, too, and one of the things that I liked with Detroit, and that I haven't been able to go back and watch it all, of course, at this point, but I've been able to go back and look at some plays, And but I need to see more. But an early impression is that a lot of times their coverage matched the pressure, and that made it harder on Wentz. Or... You might get situations, for example, there's a first, the first third down and four. They had they show they're showing seven seven guys across the board. You don't know who's coming. They send four, but the end drops, safety comes, and they drop three in the middle, and that's where they take away the shallow cross. So Wentz is under duress because I think it was Gibson doesn't didn't do a great job picking up the blades. but they have guys covered deep and they take away that shallow cross, so he takes away his options. And there wasn't anything for him to do but basically get get tackled. So they did that a few times. And then sometimes I watch Washington. And I wonder, does the coverage match the pressure? And if so, why not? And that's something that like I'm not even I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm it's something that I absolutely wonder about though, because it does seem like they give up those big plays and some soft cushion, or you know, and it's not just like the how far they're off the corners play. It's just even, you know, down the middle of the field, they give up. There's cushion, So it's just that's something that I don't quite get. And I don't know. Did you see the Derek Force quote after the game? I
0: did, you know, know. and um, I'm sure the coaches will be asked about that. Yeah. Because what he and, said,
1: scheme. Yeah. Yeah. And he did say scheme. And I was there when he said it. And he, the direct quote is somebody asked him about the offense. He said it was a scheme. And you know what? I need to I'm going to find this. I'm going to call this up as we talk on Twitter. Um, because I want to make sure I quote it right, Um, just so people know what he said. He said, okay, he was asked about the first half issues, and he said, quote, it was scheme. I felt like they knew exactly what we were in. It was great offensive play calling. So what do you think when you hear that?
0: Um, You know, I'll be interested to hear what Rivera and Del Rio say about that. You know, I'm not clearly not qualified to answer that question.
1: Well, so, and that's I mean, well, that's true, and I guess you know not so much whether it's scheme or not scheme, but somebody's saying that. Now, the other thing is, he did credit the offensive play calling. So when he talks about scheme, is it possible that he was talking about the Lions scheme and that they measure well? I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not going to put. No, more I mean, or not. I, I don't is, know. This bears repeating.
0: Like, they score a lot of points these days, dating back to last year. And then, who sits there and goes? Goff, Swift, uh, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, you know, DJ Chark, Hawkinson. Oh, that's a dominant offense. Like, right. <laughs> nobody would think that. So clearly, they're doing something right there. Like, They really <laughs> are. They also, they play very hard. They play with a lot of energy. When we talk about the offense, I think that's part of the story here, that they came with the type of energy I'm accustomed to seeing. And Washington didn't match it at all and looked Um, like they got shell-shocked and overwhelmed by it. And I'm surprised because who would be surprised by this? This is what the Lions are. Like, they do this every single week, and I give them a lot of credit for it. I think considering what I think are limitations on their roster, um, they certainly overcome a lot of that with energy, and you have to match it. Otherwise, you're in trouble with them. Um, And and Washington was in the first half. But defensively, to go back to what we were talking about, like – I don't know exactly what he meant. I do know that he's a young player who might not realize that what he just said opened up a big can of worms. I think
1: that's and, a lot of what it is. Yeah I, think that's
0: it. yeah, I mean, like when Jack Del Rio said what he said about Jamin Davis, he knew exactly what he was doing oh, and, even, and even said at one point he goes, I've given you guys enough. I said what I wanted to say about it, knowing exactly what he meant by saying this and yeah. what would happen. I'm not sure that Derek Forrest right after the game realized that what he said is going to put into question the entire defensive scheme that they're playing, but that's going to be asked. And I'm sure again, Ron Rivera is going to have to answer that question. The, The reality is though, like they're missing three interior offensive linemen. Their best offensive player was marginalized a little bit with an ankle injury and was on a pitch count and they still gave up 36 points and 400 yards. Like, hello. Like that's a little on you. And if you're not willing to accept that, that's a little on you that I think you're not being realistic about it.
1: When you, when you have a a performance like that, that's on everybody and that's coaches, that's players, because you still, you know, you still have to execute. again, I pointed out a couple of examples where guys are in position or should be in position. If you just handled your assignment the right way, and why does one guy handle it the right seemingly the right way and the other guy doesn't? Why is that? And that's so, you know, whose fault is that now if you if you're not getting your message across or is your um is there is the wrong guy hearing the message? I don't know. But that but it is on everybody. And like no nobody the coaches are not absolved at this one just because these guys no. missed a couple plays. Not at of all. Not. not at all.
0: No, of course not. Like, of course not. Now I'm trying to think back because like these games are these two weeks have been so crazy topsy-turvy it's like hard to remember everything that happened but i mean the saint brown play was a bust they someone lost him early in the first half on that long pass right that's the one i referenced. the run play how many other big pass plays did they have in this game i don't recall a lot of them.
1: they had a couple like in the 20s but they you know there was jet the jet action and then the, the other one was the long return on the free kick but yep. again, that's one where there was going to be a gap, but then oh. one guy gets out of it. Again, Wild Goose looks like he's trying to avoid the blocking, duck around him to make the play. Rather than stay in your lane, it just created a bigger lane for him. Then Trestway a... comes flying in and misses the tackle at the feet. I mean, that was a
0: pile of special teams mistakes today. Yes, I mean, that, was, that
1: was as bad as special teams I've seen in a while here.
0: I mean, let's see. I mean, let's see. They had they pinned him at the two, except that Christian Holmes jumped on the ball and it goes into the end zone and gives him a touchback. Like, right. That what? was,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Dax Mill on a kickoff return had a wide open lane in the middle of the field. For some reason, ran into traffic right. on the right side. His right. other return, a, return lane. a lot left to be desired. They gave up this long return on the free kick off of the safety. They missed an extra point. The onside kick didn't even go anywhere near 10 yards. Like the special teams' mistakes were
1: Bad. They got a lot.
0: <laughs> They're gonna have a serious meeting this week because yeah, no, that, was a, that was a lot that happened in one game. A lot,
1: and I'll be curious to see because Ro- Brian Robinson. So let's let's try and put some of this into context because, like, obviously defensive left going forward. What we saw today is cause for concern, not just from today's. I don't know that it's you know I don't think anybody can just trust. Oh, it was a one game thing because we've we haven't seen evidence this since in the preseason games or the first couple of games that this is going to be a really good defense by any means so but with with something like the kickoff return brian robinson comes back in a few weeks they hope he's looked good running agility drills last week that's a that's a good step but let's say he comes back in a couple of weeks then you can put antonio gibson back there's a kick returner and i think you'll get some more production out of theirs so i think Dex does a fine job at as a, as a punt returner. I'm not to try to
0: kill him, but, you no, know, but it was
1: but that was, yeah, no, he didn't have a good day. And there, no. said, the one thing that Rivera will talk about, if you're going to return it, you need to get to the 20. And, and he, there's several times he did not. So like, that's, that is what they're looking for. So it wasn't great. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, The NFL's opening week was action
0: packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $250 in free bets instantly. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KIME KEIM to get $250 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game that's code KIME only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for the details.
1: Let's look at the offense Then, so it's really hard to break down like it was such a weird switch flip or flip that or switch that was flipped yeah i said that right that you know what do you make of their day
0: so um here's what i thought going in i'm like with all these injuries i got a hard time seeing detroit score the way they've been scoring i just i, I couldn't see it i didn't envision it but I do believe that they will come with this energy. Like they really kind of emulate the energy of the coach. And one of my big fears with this team every week, because it's been this way for two plus years is they do start slow in games Mm -hmm. in general, they start slow. And so I, I'm like, so I was describing it as like, they're just going to have to weather a storm here. And as long as they like keep Detroit from scoring and even if they have a couple, you know, three and outs early, that's all right. Like that's, That's what this team is. Like they play like their hair's on fire, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe when you do that, maybe you get lucky, you scheme it up, right. You hit them on a big play, especially with our receivers. And that's what I was hoping would happen, but I wasn't overly concerned until we got to the third or fourth or fifth possession. And they had not literally gotten a first down, not a single play was working. They had no running room whatsoever. The ball wasn't anywhere near any of their real playmaking receivers. And at times, Carson Wentz, like, as good as he was in the second half, we'll get to that in a minute. In the first half, he looked very indecisive. Like, I'm not killing him on the safety. He just got beat around the edge and got hit. But, like, at a couple of the other sacks, they just, the offensive line got overwhelmed, you know, by uh, a lot of heat, and that's what Detroit does. They're willing to take chances and do this. But there were multiple times early where there was a lot of indecisiveness from Wentz, and then even one time, one of the sacks, there was no pocket presence. He like backed into Aiden Hutchinson, not realizing he was standing behind him. So they rattled them. I mean, badly rattled them in the first half. And the stats were ridiculously appalling. So I don't know what flipped in the second half. Clearly they were a very different team. It started from the get-go. I'd love to hear what was said at halftime. I have a feeling manhood was tested, like the way London Fletcher likes to say, because yeah. that was a completely different team. But that first half was
1: embarrassing. They couldn't run a, a successful play. Not no. one. No, and like I said, they had the, the Lions did a good job presenting different looks up front as well. And even on the saf- on the safety, I think it was just four four-man rush. Um, but again, a stunt to the middle. Turner Trey Turner turns to his right to help Cosme after. Um, no, that was actually. I'm sorry, I take that back. That was a different sack. But there was one where I think Turner turns to look back at, and this is on the safety. Look back at Wentz, and because he, I think he thought the ball may have been out. Yeah. Um, now his guy didn't get the sack, but he would have got. He would have killed Wentz had Hutchinson not stripped that ball or actually yeah had Harris not stripped the ball from yeah from one. so there was just a, a bad breakdown by the line in general but they yep. started they did a better job in protection the second half and then you get a couple of those big plays and I think like it almost like that just settled them down big time that first big play to dots that settled them down and once they hit that their stride That this is the thing with this offense and this is why it's it will be maddening for fans with this defense and for the coaches is that you look at that offense, like, just stop them and give them a chance. Because once they get rolling, it's a really good, it's a hard offense to stop. And they have a lot, they can do a lot of things and they will do a lot of yeah. things. But that's the thing. I I wasn't crazy about the throwback when you're down 22 zip. I'm not sure that that was, the you know, that was interesting. But, you know, but I do like what they did in the second half. And like, I think what it shows is that, in two games, you know that they have an offense that can be explosive.
0: The the throwback thing, Cam Sims acted as if he didn't know the ball was coming to him. And he like, had no idea. What? Like, wait, you guys have been practicing this all week? Like this is spe- specifically for you? Really? Like how did he stopped running on that play and ran the wrong direction away from the ball? So like he clearly did not think the ball like he thought a different play was being run. I'm not sure he was in the vicinity of where the ball is supposed to be, but I guess forgot that he's the trick play end of the trick play. So that was weird. Um, And then you know the second half rolled around, and all of a sudden they were a very different team. They started hitting these big plays, and if they protect him, I think I think you could see how dynamic they can be. You know, I don't I they were missing one of their best corners. Like they should have taken advantage of this team, especially a team that's going to be that overly aggressive and bring six seven guys on blitzes like. You get an ounce of protection. You ought to have crazy matchups on the edge with people. And so, you know, finally it kind of started to turn. And I do wonder, like, if they didn't throw the interception that was an overthrow to Logan Thomas, would that have been a different outcome? If they tackled DeAndre Swift when he fell down on a third down catch after golf is being hit and just tapped him down and made him kick a field goal, would there have been a different outcome? I don't know. So there were a couple of those, but the hole was really deep. And I think, you know, really what's really, I think, you know, alarming is let's see four halves. They gave up 22 points in the first half today. They gave up 14 more in the second half today. They gave up 19 in the second half against Jacksonville. Uh, That's going to be the worst scoring defense in the league. If that keeps up, it It is. So I don't care how good their offense is. If you're going to have the worst scoring defense in the league, how many games are you really going to win? So eventually it's got to come around. And frankly, The three points that Jacksonville got, well, if Trevor Lawrence threw a pass that wasn't three yards past Travis Etienne, he would have had a touchdown there and blew another touchdown in the first half. I mean, honestly, it was Jacksonville's mistakes in the red zone and misses on open touchdown throws. Otherwise, they would have scored more points. So, you know, the defense has got to figure this. It's got to be better than this because they're – Heading towards the path they were in a year ago is a different metric. They were awful on third and long last year. This year, they're really bad uh, defending against the run. They've been fortunate in the red zone. They've actually been very good in the red zone so far. Otherwise, I think the score would be worse. They might have a couple of teams that have scored 30 and 40 on them, Um, but the metrics are there that it's heading the wrong way, and it's total scoring defense, and I don't know how you're going to win. And then did they have a turnover today? I don't think they had a turnover today, right? Nope. No turnovers. Benjamin St. Juice had an interception that he dropped. He could have had. Cole Holcomb jumped the route and nearly had one. So they came close on two. That's (laughs) it. Um, So they have one turnover in two games, and it was a I don't know what Trevor Lawrence was doing at the end of a game, just throwing the ball up for grabs. That's it. They had none in the preseason, and I know the preseason shouldn't matter, but how are you going to win if you're the worst scoring defense
1: and you cause no turnovers? Like,
0: how in the world are you going to win many games?
1: Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, no, it. it, it you, you're you not. That's the problem. I mean, you're going to you're gonna need your offense to score all the time and play perfect. I also think the field position get, battle hurt the offense in the first half yes. because they, they're a few times starting deep in your own territory. Some of that was their own doing with the poor kickoff returns and all that. The silver lining on defense for people who are, you know, in third down or out of 13 for the line. So you have that going for you. So, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the third down defense was well. Uh, yeah,
0: at one point, you know, between the two games, I don't know what it ended up with with Detroit today, but they were like between Jacksonville and Detroit up until about the third fourth quarter. We had them at like the conversion rate in the red zone was two for seven. That's really good. Like that's is really good. that's that's really good. Like they've had multiple stops. They stopping people on fourth downs. Like so, so there are some situational things that are really good. That's you know, good. you don't want to like kill them over everything. That is really good. Scoring defense is bad. The rush defense. Is bad. Um, and they're getting hit on big plays left and right. And I do want to credit Detroit with a couple designs and a couple of audibles and, and alignment changes that I thought were really good by them. And you know, Ron Rivera said this, you know, that's that team gets paid too. Like I'll go back to it. I a lot think of guys Deuce said is, that today. Yeah. I mean, I think Deuce Staley's very good offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, just go proofs from the pudding. Like they can score. They listen. This team, that Lions team, they know exactly who they are. They got to play with reckless abandon. They got to take some chances. They got to be willing to get, to give up some big plays. They know they're going to give up points. They're not kidding themselves into believing there's some kind of top 10 defense and they give themselves a chance to win that way by playing this way. Washington did not match this energy and at critical points let massive plays happen against them. And I don't care how good their offense is or how much better it is or how much big play capability they have. They got into too big of a hole and they're not going to be able to come back from down 22 nothing to anybody on a regular basis like no. it's just not literally not going to happen
1: so where where do they go from here because obviously you've got the eagles next week and we can finish on this one but where do they go from here and you know this is such a week to week league and you know that who knows what where things go but like where do you think this goes what you know this they have proven to be a resilient team under Ron Rivera so where do you think this goes
0: I think this is a big week. I think I think you're going to hear him emphasize it as a big week. Like they are back home. They're trying to keep that energy in the building. Two and O would have ensured it. One and one's got a lot of people probably wondering right now. Yep. So I think they're going the to ugly one and one
1: after the first half.
0: You want to? I think they want to emphasize to the fan base this is a big game and we know it. Um, you know, obviously we're talking now. We don't know how Philadelphia's going to play tomorrow night. So like, I don't know what you know position they're going to be in when they come in here. Clearly there's going to be a massive emphasis on stopping the run and they've got to prove it because they played one quarterback who should run more, but doesn't. And they played another quarterback who's incapable of running. So we haven't seen them against a mobile quarterback yet. Right. Like, or not one that, not one that is utilized that way, you know, like, so we don't know. And they're going to have to stop the run. And frankly, I think the Eagles defense, um, that score ended up being against Detroit a little closer than probably um, it should have been. I think the Eagles kind of throttled down big time when they had a big lead and kind of let Detroit back into. It. If you rewatch it, you'll see. Underneath, just, yeah. If they really eased up, they were running the ball up the middle of the field, trying to run clock, and didn't realize that the Dan Campbell guys won't quit. So they learned their lesson with them. And then you know, but we don't know with Minnesota, so we'll see. Are they one and one? Or are they two and oh? I don't know. So we'll right. find out when we get there. But I, what I would emphasize here is, if I'm Ron Rivera, you know, I, I want to message everybody. We know this is a big game at home. Like it was a big early season game at home. And, you know, we, we need to keep pace with the giants and the Cowboys won anyway, without Dak and we'll see where Philadelphia is. And we just can't get behind them. And this is an opportunity. And then secondarily, the defense has a lot of questions to answer this week, whether Derek Forrest says it out loud or not, there's a yeah. lot of questions that need to be answered here.
1: It, there absolutely is. And that's for everybody. That's for players. And again, that's for Jack Del Rio. And because again, you if, you're not, if your message isn't getting across, either your message is incorrect, or your schemes are incorrect, or you have the wrong guys out there, if if that's what it is. Or you guys just have to play better and make plays when they're positioned. position. That's also part of it as well. So I do, like I said, I think they're resilient. I think they have been. Will that be enough? I do think with Jalen Hurts last year in the second game, they did a pretty good job against them defending the run. But he bailed, like last week against the Lions, he bailed the offense out a lot with his legs, and then guys like AJ Brown took over. And so it's my funny. Fear- I,
0: I want to mention that too. It's really funny. Like this week earlier, researching the game, like, you know, the Eagles had 180 yards rushing or something like that. And their linebackers coach was asked, like, stopping the run. And he said, Show me on tape where they lined up and just ran it against us. And he right. was pointing to, you know, Hertz like made some crazy athletic yeah. plays because he's that guy. Right. Got out of situations and scrambled for a lot of yards. Those weren't designed run plays. No. You know what? Boy, he was validated this week. The the Commanders had no run game whatsoever. Wow. That was disappointing. So, yep, it was. So we'll see this week. And I'm, you know, obviously I'll be watching Monday Night Football like
1: you, and just to see where the Eagles are. Yeah, and the, and with the run game too, it's not just as simple as Brian Robinson coming back because it was guys up front were were not. They weren't with the line wasn't winning. So, you know, that was some of it. It wasn't all of it, but there there was in in a general way. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And it's one game. They're one and one. And as we know, in the NFL, what can look catastrophic one week, you know, the next week you're celebrating because if they win a game at home. But the, the difference is, too, I wonder how the attendance will be affected or the split of the attendance based off a loss like this. You have the Eagles coming in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you know there will I'm expecting more energy in that building still it's too early to jump off the cliff
0: nah, no I think, it's,
1: I think it's I think it's way too early but it's I do early. think like the the thing that is that they can build on is this is an explosive offense you get a few things fixed on defense and then you can start to to have some improved play so Bram we'll listen and we'll you and I'll be back Tuesday night live you uh live stream on YouTube Empire media A-M-P-I-R-E. And we can do, I I tell people it's a therapy Tuesday session. So we'll be going over all the stuff, answering questions and get your little, uh, doctor's hat, maybe a little stethoscope to just to, to make people feel better. So Bram, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you Tuesday night. All right. Thanks. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me. And thank you as always for listening again, especially after an ugly game like this. I'll be back on Tuesday with, again, the Therapy Tuesday Live, 7.30 p.m. YouTube session. It'll be out on a podcast as well later that night or early on Wednesday morning. So, talk to you next time.